Giuliani. I want to talk about something right here. Is on. Affecting you and me. America's mayor. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. Is here to talk to you. Weekdays at 3.55 p.m. Listen to Rudy Giuliani for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Mayor's Final Thoughts. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic Kern. Entertaining and informative. AOC tests positive for COVID-19 after partying in Miami. Maskless. Do as I say, not as I do. Listen, I do wish the Congresswoman well. I hope she has a speedy recovery. I just don't agree with her politics. Dominic Carter, Weeknights at midnight. Just before the other side of midnight. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Download the 77 WABC mobile app now. now. Get the latest news and information. Listen to your favorite shows and podcasts anywhere you go. Available now on Google Play and in the App Store. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Greg Jelly. Real, real New York 77 WABC. Uh, we just thought we'd play that twice. Hello. Um, ah, feels good, feels good. 118. It's 118. Notice how the fake news says that all the time? It's 118. Why am I saying it if I'm not fake news? I spent all my day watching the fake news to make fun of them, and boy, oh boy, did they give me some good stuff yesterday. Oh, wait a second. Right now, right now, Mitch McConnell finally found it in him to push back against Joe Biden. Mitch McConnell feeling his oats. Uh, the speech that the president gave was uh, underneath, uh, beneath an American president. That's not really how Mitch, how does Mitch sound? It was uh, ben- underneath the presidential power. I, I don't know. He's not liking it because Joe Biden wants to get rid of the filibuster. That's a big source of power for somebody like Mitch McConnell. He is right, though. It was a disgraceful speech. I did all my show on it last night, a big chunk of it. And I couldn't even get to all the... All the lies. Uh, I, I, I heard it when he said it. Joe Biden boasted that uh, he was arrested during the civil rights movement. Never happened. It only it, he was detained briefly when he went into the Capitol illegally and sat down in a senator's chair when he was 20 years old. He's told that story a bunch. Hey, that sounds like he should be prosecuted. That sounds like something related to January 6th going into the Capitol without permission. You're not allowed to do that. All right. Did you watch this stuff? It was uh, over the top. Uh, You know, Republicans are the worst people in the world. Uh, Donald Trump, existential threat, all that crap. Cut 24. Not a single Republican has displayed the courage to stand up to a defeated president to protect America's right to vote. Not one. Not one. Um, well, we like him and we don't like you. We believe him and we don't believe you. All right. That's uh, that's what he doesn't understand. If this guy had any political sense, he'd make nice on Trump, not try to say this 
these horrible things about Trump and his supporters. We like the guy. Oh, this is a great big. Uh, this never happened. This never happened. But Joe has said this story about 25 times. Think about think about if this actually happened. Joe Biden walks around and meets world leaders and they say this kind of crap to him. They don't. But just think for a moment if they did. Cut 22. I said, America's back. And the response was, for how long? For how long? As someone who's worked in foreign policy my whole life, I never thought I would ever hear our allies say something like that. You got to narrow it down. You got to ask him, Joe, what ally are you talking about? So you're saying you're going around saying America's back. And they say, yes, but for how long? Now, if that's true, which it's not, what they're getting at is we like you. We don't like Trump because we had a very hard time getting around Trump. You we can roll right over. All right. So we would like somebody like you. Trump, not so much because they're not talking about voting ID and all that stuff. Eighty percent of Americans are in favor of voting ID. It's ridiculous that you can go in to vote. And I voted my entire life without ID. They don't check it. They should. About time, right? Especially at that nonsense they pulled last year. It makes total sense. The civilized world and a good chunk of the not-so-civilized world uses voter ID. Our allies, our sacred allies, they use it. Japan voter ID, Germany voter ID, South Africa voter ID. It makes sense as opposed to just going in there with nothing at all. And just signing a piece of paper and voting. Now, the big thing that we're worried about here, all of our voting laws up until now have been focused on they did not want the same person voting twice. But now it's gone beyond that. All right. When they're sending out hundreds of thousands of ballots. Do we have President Trump yet with NPR? It was actually he was very good. The fake news says that Trump was terrible. They are absolutely wrong. He got challenged by this uh, uh, what do you call that, NPR, National Public Radio, Steve Inskeep giving him a hard time about, well, you know, 63 judges said that uh, there was no merit, no basis whatsoever for questions about the election. Oh, gosh, I am so sick of hearing that. It's always about standing. They never actually argued the merits. Very, very few cases did they actually argue the merits. They're always calling out Rudy Giuliani. You know, Rudy Giuliani admitted in open court that it wasn't a fraud case. And he said that in Pennsylvania because they were not arguing fraud. They were arguing constitutionality of votes cast. There's a difference. Rudy Giuliani said that Pennsylvania illegally changed their rules. That's not a fraud case. That's a constitutional case. And they constantly misrepresented. How do you know they're lying? Their lips are moving. It's true. Um, All right. I don't really want to relive too much of the... uh, is there anything else there? Good. Oh, uh, Fauci. Everyone's crying about Fauci because he was Rand Paul was was mean to him. Um, this is pretty good. Cut 32. Dr. Fauci, the idea that a government official like yourself would claim unilaterally unilaterally to represent science, that any criticism of you would be considered a criticism of science mm-hmm. itself is quite dangerous. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you. 17 signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. 
Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that come from, was from not the lab? me. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let our response finish. to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? I... Do you think it's a great success what's happened what? so far? Do you think you, the lockdowns said... are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. Yeah, it's all true. You know, uh, Senator Rand Paul talking for so many, and then uh, Fauci was desperate. He started to say, well, your rhetoric and your c- criticism of me has led to death threats. He's telling this to Rand Paul. You ever see the video of Rand Paul after the Republican National Convention in 2020 when he's surrounded by about a 1,000 guys who hate him and want to hurt him? Rand Paul was beat up by his next-door neighbor. Remember that? Um, I, I remember Joe Biden say that this is part of the process, okay? You get a little heat when you're in the public eye. You do. It happens. I get some nasty letters every now and then. So what? You roll with it. Uh, but Fauci, no, this is uh, – this, he's special. He's special. Oh, so here's that interview I was telling you about. This is Trump with the NPR guy. Trump is very, very good, but everyone's trying to say that the NPR guy owned Trump. It's not true. Listen for yourself. How come when he went to speak in different locations, nobody came to watch? But all of a sudden, he got 80 million votes. If nobody believes If you forgive me, maybe because the election was that. about you. If I can just move on to ask, are you telling Republicans in 2022 that they must press your case on the past election in order to get your endorsement? Is that an absolute? They're going to do whatever they want to do. Whatever they have to do, they're going to do. But the ones that are smart, the ones that know, you take a look at, again, you take a look at how... Carrie Lake is doing, running for governor. She's very big on this issue. She's leading by a lot. People have no idea how big this issue is, and they don't want it to happen again. It shouldn't be allowed to happen, and they don't want it to happen again. And the only way it's not going to happen again is you have to solve the problem of the presidential rigged election of 2020. Uh, Mr. President, if I might. One more question. I want to ask about a court hearing yesterday on January 6th. Judge Amit Mehta, he's gone. He gave him seven minutes, uh, and that was good. Uh, He was terrific. And he also went into how, like, he was shut down by the Supreme Court. Donald Trump was shut down. They said, you don't have standing. The president of the United States alleges that the election was stolen from him, and he does not have standing. It is a joke. But that's the swamp for you. They can do anything they want with those rules. Don't forget, Donald Trump showed up there January 20th, 2017, and said uh, that the swamp works for itself, but that ends right here and right now. For too long, people came to Washington, and only they benefited, while the people were left behind. Remember that? That made them so mad. This guy's going to ruin the whole game we've got going. So they um, they tripped him up. They um, I do believe that the swamp, by the way, the swamp. Oh, I found this amazing footage. I'll play it for you tonight. The day before September 11, 2001, Monday, September 10th, 2001, Donald Rumsfeld, the secretary of defense, gives the um, what he thinks will be the signature speech of his uh, tenure as defense secretary. He says, the greatest threat that America faces is the bureaucracy. The greatest threat to our national security is bureaucracy. He said it out loud. He said it to a, about a thousand Pentagon bureaucrats 
It was like, how dare he? Oh, my gosh. what he? The speech has been totally forgotten by history because we know what happened the next day. But he was on to something. The bureaucracy. Man, they think they're more important than us. They think they're more important than our elected leaders. And you know what? In some ways, they are. They have rigged the system all for themselves. All right. What else do we want to do today? Call me at 800. What the hell's the number again? 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for this. I've been banging the drum about Eric Adams. I told you, I warn you guys, this was a no good dude. Had no business being mayor. So many amateurish, rookie, stupid mistakes trying to make his brother the deputy commissioner of the department. Deputy police commissioner. His brother, who's a parking lot. Uh, administrator from Virginia. Literally, that's his job. So Eric had to back off with his grand plan. All right. He's not going to make him a deputy commissioner. He's going to give him some other cush job uh, in the in City Hall, but he won't be a deputy commissioner. That's uh, that's a small victory, but it's a it's a victory. It's a good thing. Are we ready? We're ready. We'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. You know, the Capitol Hill police, the ones who blew it on January 6th, so many just let people inside. Why? We don't know yet. Uh, several cops just walked off their post just before Ashley Babbitt got blasted. Why? We still don't know. They have not been asked questions. They've just been let off the hook, and they got to give themselves great, big, fat, Totally undeserved gold medals. Can you believe a department shoots a woman, no weapon, not posing a deadly threat? Wait a second, she was she was assaulting our democracy. Shut the freak up. I don't want to hear that anymore. It doesn't work that way. You can jump into the White House. You can literally jump into the White House. Now, it's against the law. Don't do that. But if you're running on the White House lawn, guess what? They don't break out the submachine gun and start shooting. They tackle you unless you have a gun, unless you're shooting, and unless a lot of different things. It's not the Wild West, okay? It doesn't work that way. It's the Capitol, which, by the way, is open to the public. And it looks like Ashley Babbitt just walked in, that they opened a door. She walked in just like Joe Biden did when he was a kid, when he was a college student. He just walked in and sat down. He just walked into the Capitol and sat down. And he was arrested. I'm going to play that for you tonight. Anyway, uh, they've never been asked significant questions about the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. So what happens when a professional police department shoots a person? It's a big freaking deal. You've seen it on the news. I think back to uh, one of the most prominent shootings, police-involved shootings, my dad had to deal with when he was police commissioner. There was a great big shootout in front of the Empire State Building. Uh, Some guy was upset at work, brought a gun to work, shot people at work, came out onto the street, still had a gun. The cops blasted him. Guess what? Uh, Apparently some uh, innocent bystanders uh, were uh, were also injured. Now, what did they do? Did they cover it up? Did they say, uh, don't ask us about it? Uh, We're not going to – no, 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 no. No, about two and a half hours later, in front of the world's media, they tell everything they know. Everything. 
Cut 37, Ray Kelly, police commissioner of the New York City Police Department in August of 2012, flanked by Mike Bloomberg, the Speaker of the House, City Council, Christine Quinn, and a whole bunch of other muckety-mucks. Something happened. Something bad, but also something necessary. Some, yes, some collateral damage. Wasn't perfect, but they said what they knew. Cut 37. As the two officers approached Johnson, he pulled his 45 caliber semi-automatic pistol from his bag and fired on the officers, who returned fire, killing him. An additional nine individuals were either wounded or grazed during the exchange. Johnson had been employed for six years at Hazan Imports, H-A-Z-A-N Imports, as a designer of women's accessories. During a downsizing at the company about a year ago, Johnson was laid off. Talk about, like, granular detail. Everything they knew. The same day. What did they do when Ashley Babbitt was shot? They said nothing. Seven months later, finally, Lieutenant Mike Byrd decided to make himself known publicly because he wanted to set up a GoFundMe to raise money for himself, even though he didn't lose a paycheck in all of this. And they said in a very controlled environment, not in front of the world's media, not on live television, Lester Holt, suck up. Uh, why did you do this? Miguel, she was a threat. How did you know that? Mm, I, I just, I, I felt that way and I saved lives that day. That's it. You have a totally unprofessional police department. The Capitol Hill Police, ever since they put out these glory videos, look at us. Look at us in these black and white pictures. Go on social media. That's all they do. It's propaganda. And now they're looking for new employees. Join us. Do not join. Do not have anything to do with those guys. And I am as pro-law enforcement as they come. And there are some good cops in the mix down there. But boy, oh boy, they've got a big problem working for those um, for that Congress. They're in charge and they shouldn't be. Hey, by the way, Joe Biden is uh, is uh, has he ever seen is he a soft talker? Sometimes he whispers, but he yells a lot like this. Got 23. Been having these quiet conversations with the members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. When the hell was he ever quiet? By the way, Stacey Abrams did not go to this thing. Everybody pretended that she uh, wasn't there. I mean, like, pretended that they didn't notice that she wasn't there. It's amazing. CBS News last night, no mention of uh, Stacey Abrams not being with Joe Biden. Why wasn't she there? Because she's embarrassed by him. Why? Because there's real problems there. Why? Because Joe Biden's not popular anymore. She's running for governor. She doesn't want to be seen with the guy. Compare that to Glenn Youngkin, the new governor of Virginia. Remember how they uh, would abuse that guy? They would abuse that guy. Where's uh, Donald Trump? Why isn't? Why aren't you stumping with Donald Trump? Donald Trump should be here. Why isn't he here? You heard more about Trump, and was he going to show up with Glenn Youngkin? Was he going to campaign? Why wasn't he campaigning? That was all the time. That was the big, big, big thing. They try to kill Glenn Youngkin over that. Stacey Abrams, she's about as prominent a Democrat as there is right now in America no mention. They just all blow it off. Wow. It is really, really rigged, the whole damn thing. Garrett in Highland Park, what's up? 
Greg, it's from, uh, Garrett from Island Park, where your uh, dad used to hail Well, from. my guy here uh, doesn't know how to – he's not familiar with the metropolitan area. What can I tell you? I know where Island Park is. It's a great uh, – it's a great – is uh, is, uh, is Lenny still there? Yeah. Lenny? Uh, no, what am I talking about? How about Custom Bakers? Remember Custom Bakers? You know, custom, yeah, Custom Bakers is gone. That was one of the best places there is. Uh, that's been gone for a while. Right. It was uh, chocolate layer cakes, but Greg. All right. So what's up? Greg, I used to work with your dad. I was up at a street crime unit back in the early 90s. And, uh, you know, it was a very effective unit, of course. It uh, got a little out of hand at the end there with the aloe. But, uh, you know, I- I'm calling really about the-, the female that was slaughtered, actually, up at the Burger King for uh, for $100, actually. Yeah. And it, seems like- and it seems like the only people really pushing this is, is your boss, John, who actually put up a uh, – $10,000, you know, yeah. $10,000, and, uh, you know, just being a part of that community and, and working up there, it just it, the life is a 19-year-old girl who's trying to help out her mom to get out of that situation. 19 years old, and this thug comes in and does this, and there's no outrage. How dare they? How dare they? And it's just like another life just gone away. And, you know, Eric Adams, she just talks a good game, but guess what? What is he doing about? He doesn't even talk a good game anymore. Listen to him. He's all over the place. I talked to, I showed this last night on my show because this guy with the gun who shot her, he may have just heard the information that Alvin Bragg is not going to prosecute, uh, armed robbery or not going to seek to send armed robbers to prison. So if he didn't pull the trigger, that could have been, if he were caught, penalized by, uh, community service, no jail. You're right. It's a. And I showed her picture, by the way. A beautiful young woman. She had uh, come here from Puerto Rico for a better life right. and uh, real bad. You remind me. Yeah. We uh, we want to talk to the family. Thank you. I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Man, social media really still reshuffling the deck uh, against us conservatives out there. If you are some liberal and you work at, uh, you could be an associate uh, librarian at MSNBC, they'll automatically give you 500,000 followers. If you're me and you're pushing things like this, uh, did you know that there's a black news channel? There is. I watched a few minutes of it uh, uh, today, and I I caught some last week. Uh, Let's see. Black news channel. BNC is the nation's fastest-growing news network, providing 24-7 multi-platform content that illuminates and celebrates black and brown communities. When do we start saying brown, by the way? black Is that Hispanic? Is that what it's supposed to be? I, I, I that, that became like a real virtue signal as well, black and brown. You know who actually used to say that a lot, Jesse Jackson, black and brown? But, um, you know, I I turned it on and uh, they're celebrating this guy who says, yeah, I don't talk to white people. And they're like, oh, yeah, good. Tell us more about that. Interesting. Have you seen this nonsense? I have watched it. Their personalities, many, many racists work there. Whatever happened to good old Ebony and Ivory working and living together in perfect harmony? You know, I love that song. Who was it? Uh, Paul McCartney and, and Michael Jackson and also Stevie Wonder sometimes did it. People make fun of me for uh, for liking that song, for talking about it. I thought it was fantastic. A wonderful message. Very, very beautiful. Hey, Bob Saget is dead. He's, uh, but um, let's be honest. I got over his, um, his passing in about eight seconds. I did. I liked that show in the, uh, when was it, 1989, 90? 
America's Funniest Home Videos. He was great. And then the next thing I knew, he was uh, kind of a weirdo guest star in Entourage. And that's it. That's all I know. Now, I know he did a hell of a lot more than that, and everybody says he's a nice guy. But my goodness gracious, the tributes, the on and on. Shocking that he would be taking taken from us so young. 65. Now, I know 65 is young these days, comparatively speaking. But it is uh, the celebrity worship in America is something else. I don't know. Um, and there are a lot of people who have no idea who Bob Saget is. Anybody under 30, I don't think, really knows who Bob Saget is. I guess you could say, well, the Entourage, which I didn't like Entourage either. Did you like Entourage? Um, hold on one moment here. Do we have the one where Joe? Oh, I got to play this. Um, Joe Biden telling everybody that our allies are sick to death of uh, Donald Trump and they want Joe Biden to stay in office. Cut 21. Adversaries and allies alike, they're watching American democracy and seeing whether we can meet this moment. And that's not hyperbole. Every time he says it's hyperbole, it's definitely hyperbole, i.e. exaggeration, i.e. B.S., capital B, capital S. And then he really lays it on with this next line. Cut 22. I said America's back. And the response was, for how long? For how long? Who's Someone who's worked in foreign policy my whole life, I never thought I would ever hear. Our allies say something like that. And then I told you how he ripped into the Republicans. I mean, bad, bad, bad. If you're not with Joe Biden, you are a bad person. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Cut uh, 19. Forces that attempted a coup, a coup against the express will of the American people by sowing doubt and vending charges of fraud. Seeking to steal the 2020 election from the people. They want chaos to reign. We want the people to rule. Let me be clear. This is not about me or Vice President Harris or our party. It's about all of us. It's about the people. It's about America. Hear me plainly. The battle for the soul of America is not over. We must stand strong and stand together to make sure January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning. Yikes. Um, If you are not for these crazy anybody can vote, just show up without ID laws and somehow you're for the forces of darkness. This is um, this is dangerous stuff. And this used to be against Joe Biden's very character. This was his uh, his M.O., you know, you could differ on policy, but when you start saying the other guy is a bad man, that's really dangerous. According to Joe Biden, here he is over the years saying you should never question uh, a man's motives. All right. Never do that. Cut 25. It's always appropriate to question another man's judgment, but never appropriate to question his motives because you simply don't know. His motives. I never question another man or woman's motives. I question their judgment, but not their motives. You don't question another man or woman's motive. You can question their judgment, but not their motive. I learned that early lesson. It's always appropriate to question another man or woman's judgment, 
but never their motive. Once you question their motive, then, in fact, there's no way to get to go. Isn't that something? He's gone back on all of that. Everything that he said was important. Everything that those who liked him, uh, you know, liked him about. He was reasonable. He was empathetic. He could get things done. He could reach out across the aisle. Hey, Ted Cruz. I don't know if he's ever going to be president, but I like this guy a lot. Very brilliant. Um, and he's in the arena. He's got guts. And he's taken on the Department of Justice and the FBI because we don't trust them anymore. I'm sorry. All the games they're playing with January 6th, uh, creating this white supremacy boogeyman. Don't like white supremacy, but um, you're overdoing it. You're making a mountain out of a molehill. And um, Ted Cruz knows it. Cut 16. We got to watch this in, in, in light of the last five years, where we know that the Department of Justice and the FBI was, was deeply politicized, that it went after Donald Trump with all of its might, right down to an assistant general counsel at the FBI, fabricating a counterfeit document that was submitted to a federal court to try to target and take out President Trump. And given that history, of, of deep, deep politicization that, that has undermined the integrity of these noble institutions. I think both the FBI and the Department of Justice have an obligation to be candid. Well, that's good. But that's him on a talk show. When he's on Capitol Hill in a hearing and he's going after them, I mean, it's, it's art. It's amazing. He had the deputy director of the FBI on who came across like a cagey, shifty, um, borderline criminal. It was something else. The FBI, it looks like, has gone rogue. And uh, whether it's Trump derangement syndrome or, or something else, I don't know. Hey, Senator Byron Dorgan is laying, lying in state. Wait, no, he's not. Uh, sorry. Harry Reid is lying in state. Byron Dorgan is still alive. Harry Reid, uh, he died a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, the, how long ago was that? When did he die? That was uh, at least three weeks ago. Whatever happened to the funerals happening like uh, within a week? You know, John F. Kennedy died on a Friday. He was buried on a Monday. Now, what date was he? What date did Harry Reid die? He died on December twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. All right, so that's um, I mean, it's, that's like two weeks ago. Solid. I. <laughs> I know it's during the holidays and everything like that, but uh, this is kind of long. And now he's lying in state. Now, let me see here. John F. Kennedy. I know he died on a Friday. November 22nd was a Friday. When was the funeral? Funeral of John F. Kennedy. I'm looking at live coverage right now of Harry Reid lying in state in the middle of the Capitol. I mean, he deserves it. He worked there for a long time. Sure, he was a fine man. And uh, these are the honors that come if you... Uh, the date of the burial was November 25th, 1963. So the 22nd was a Friday. The 23rd was a Saturday. The 24th was a Sunday. He was buried the following Monday. That's pretty quick. Now, he's a Christian, and they, uh, Kennedy was, and they, that sometimes goes longer. I mean, Jews do it the very next day, and so do um, uh, generally people of the Muslim faith. What is what is this too? Do we have a mortuary person that we can call? Who is a good funeral director that we know? 
They have a very interesting job, by the way. It's a fascinating job. I have interviewed a both a mortician and a coroner. And talk about a guy you want to actually hang out with. Believe it or not, they're very interesting people. Very caring, very sensitive. All right, let me know real quick what you guys think. Uh, Tom in Connecticut, hello. Hey, how's it going, Greg? Fine. Just want to say thank you for your service. Congratulations on the new baby. Uh, thank you for getting the word out there. We uh, all appreciate it since there's not enough people doing it for us. Well, thank you, sir. Hey, are you originally from Connecticut? Where are you from? Born and raised. What's it like up there? Cold. <laughs> okay. Hey, Tom, thank you very much. And there, oh, I do have to go. I'll be right back. Thank you. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Small businesses are the backbone of America. Yet when it comes to workers' comp insurance, you rarely get the savings you deserve. That's because insurance companies tend to lump you in with other businesses, and you can get overcharged. At Pi Insurance, we're on a mission to change that. With Pi, you get a quote specific to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. If you like savings, take three minutes to see how much you could save at trypie.com. Pi makes workers' comp insurance as easy as pie, with friendly representatives just a call away. No wonder customers rate our service excellent on Trustpilot. You work hard to build your business and keep your employees safe. You deserve more from your workers' comp provider. See how much you could save with Pi Insurance. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote today at trypie.com. That's T-R-Y-P-I-E dot com. Talk Radio 77 WABC. So the clock is ticking for Congress to reach a deal to raise the debt ceiling before the government runs out of money to pay its bills. Have you reached your debt ceiling? Are you buried in bills and trying to keep up with all the credit cards, signature loans, Internet loans, and timeshares? Get off that treadmill and get some total financial freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a great job for 15 years helping people like you resolve their debts, Cut payments in half. Don't believe me? Give them a call at 800-297-7411. Call now and ask about the free book, The Debt Dietitian. And if you mention me, Greg Kelly, uh, get the free book when you call and learn how to easily cut your payments. Okay? Uh, you will appreciate their team, and they are like-minded people with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Zero complaints. Call Total Financial now at 800-297-7411, 800-297-7411. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. I guess you get that book free whether you mention me or don't mention me, but uh, it helps if you mention me. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. All right. So, uh, oh, my goodness gracious, what else is going on? Everybody's talking about this Ray Epps character. Uh, clearly, he has some sort of arrangement with the FBI. He's running around urging people to storm the Capitol, yet the FBI, they don't feel like arresting him. Anybody who looked at the Capitol... Uh, has been hassled by the FBI. Hundreds of people arrested. It's not just people who uh, punch cops. And by the way, if you punch a cop, you need to be arrested. But there are plenty of people who were uh, have been taken into custody who didn't break anything and didn't hurt anybody. And one of my favorites is the horns guy, Jacob Chansley. He didn't break anything and he didn't hurt anybody. But there he is. He's going to be in jail for how long is it going to be? Ten 
four four years four years that's way too long it really is uh it really is unfortunate all right oh big story in the uk daily mail guess who's freaked out in hollywood white people especially white talented people writers actors directors they're being edged out they're being told don't show up they're talking about having a class action lawsuit against all the discrimination in Hollywood against white people. White liberal people are mad. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Not that I really care, but uh, whatever happened to George Clooney? Uh, George Clooney, the last I knew, he was throwing Alec Baldwin under the bus saying... Uh, what Alec Baldwin did was uh, totally unthinkable on a movie set. I don't know. I, I'm no Alec Baldwin fan. Uh, Alec, what he's always uh, talking about that silly lake in Italy. Is it all that good, Lake Como, Cuomo? I've been to Italy a couple of times. I never made it to the lake. I made it to uh, Venice. Anybody ever go on a gondola ride? Those things are a ripoff, by the way. They are. To- it's like going for the uh, Central Park carriage ride. Now, those are great guys. And I, I'm a fan of the horse and carriage, but, um, well, uh, I have a feeling there's a price for New Yorkers and then there's a price for out-of-towners. I know it's posted up there, and, yes, uh, it's all on the up and up, but still, um, I think it's I think it can be negotiable. Anyway, I know in Italy it's a total ripoff, the, uh, the gondola ride. And uh, they got cool stuff going on over there. The coliseums, the art, the gladiator stuff, the beautiful women. Anybody know about Lake Como? I personally do not. Ooh, the worst show in the universe happens to be uh, Joe and Mika. Joe and Mika, the Morning Joe show. We have that clip around here where they're just, it's it's so bad, it's funny. So at 8 o'clock in the morning, well, you know how the news always wants to tell you what time it is? You know, they're really emphatic about telling you the time. Here's an example of that. Cut 34. All right, we got uh, 7.48. Mr. Roker, All check right. these chilly temperatures. Quick shot, and we're looking at a... Good morning, America. It's 8 a.m. Dangerous deep freeze. But first, it is 7.18. Time to check your local weather. But right now, it is 8.12. Time to check your local weather. Oh, gee whiz. 7.18 is time to check the local weather. 7.12 is time to check, check the local weather. If you have a phone, you know what the local weather is doing. You also know what time it is. They act like they're the only ones with watches. Now, I will say this. Good morning, America, in their little uh, moment at 8 a.m., I noticed that they actually announced a headline, something big that was in the news, like a tornado or something like that. Watch what happens. Uh, listen to this over on MSNBC. At 8 a.m. when you're expecting the big news, this is the top of the hour. For four minutes, it's gibberish. It's boring, self-involved crap. They are so arrogant. They think this is interesting to anybody. No, they're just showing off. And of all people, I find myself (laughs) feeling sorry for Al Sharpton. Because Al Sharpton is sitting right there and they're just talking past him about their wonderful lives in the south of France and Maine and cars and just all these things that they that they like. And then they start making little inside jokes to each other. So it's four minutes long. I'm not going to play you all four minutes. We cut it down. But this gives you a flavor. All right? 
8 a.m., Morning Joe, Mika and Joe and the rest. Uh, cut 35. That might be good since I hadn't actually been to the south of France and I know. until you took me there. We went there, and you know what she said? She goes, I don't really like it. No, I just said it reminded me. She she said she'd rather be in May, right out of like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, we'll sell the van so we can record an album. So she, I had to sell my house to take her over there. She goes, yeah, I I like Maine best. (laughs) Reverend Al Sharpton is still with us, I hope. I'm Mississippi, you know, I don't understand things. Thank you. I'm with an uptown girl here. I'm out of my league. Why do I do? I try. Which one of us drives a truck? Um, I don't know. Is this a trick it's question? not you. Okay, joining the discussion. I got me an old it's grand wagon. We had an old one. My mom drove one. Yeah. And it was a, uh, I totaled it when I was in high school. I love that. Drove her right That's into cool. a tree. And she good was job, really Ray. mad. No, there was a group in the car. Oh, a group in the car. my future God, wife, really? Christina. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Christina. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great car. <laughs> and when they came out with the new wagon, <laughs> there people. Car guys, God bless them. I don't get it. I want an old Grand Wagoneer. Yeah, it was well, a repair good. shop. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joining the discussion here at the I top of the hour. Our friends. Uh, it, they did that on our time. Eight I'm sorry I did that to you, but isn't that wild? They, they get paid, I think, together they make something like $15 million a year. Many millions of dollars. So Mika can brag to her girlfriends about going to the south of France with the man she stole and then brag about what else did they talk about? No, they got I guess they got a summer home in Maine too. And Al Sharpton's just sitting there like a dope. Well he is a dope. Uh talk about talk about something that doesn't make sense. Al Sharpton on television every single day talking about matters of race and social justice. Is that right? Of course it's not right. We know this guy. We know this guy. Now we're getting to know his uh, protege, Eric Adams. Eric, it's not working out so well for your brother. He's not going to be the NYBD commissioner. Is he cut 41, please? My brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, Number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. I have to take my security in a very serious way. White supremacy and hate crimes. And by the way, if you want to make your brother in charge of your own security, which really is totally inappropriate, totally unethical, it's probably not going to pass muster with the um, Department of Investigation. They got a whole conflicts of interest board uh, office. Uh, you don't have to make him a deputy commissioner. You you just it doesn't work that way. What's going on with Matt? Where did he run off to? Is everything good? All right. So that's uh, that's how I feel about that. Hey, real quick, Mike, you're calling from New Brunswick. You got it's not that bad about Joe Biden, is it? Listen, listen, Greg. Put a little mustache on him, and I swear it's it's he's the white supremacist. He is. He's the one that's the white supremacist. Put a mustache on him, and we got Adolf Hitler again. He does yell a lot, doesn't he? He does yell. I mean, he, Adolf Hitler was always yelling. I mean, look, that's a ridiculous comparison. He's not Adolf Hitler. But boy, oh boy, does he shoot his mouth off. Cut 23. Been having these quiet conversations with the members of Congress for the last two months. I'm tired of being quiet. Yeah, he's tired of being quiet. 
Mike, come on. That's not Adolf mustache Hitler. Give me a break. Please. What? Please put a mustache on him, please. I can't please. do <laughs> All right. Listen, he's the white supremacist. He is. I got you. I got you. All right. All Thanks, right. pal. Thanks, Mike. Take it easy. No, he's not the white supremacist. I mean, actually, he is He is a bit of a racist, though. He's always judging people on what they look like and uh, uh, making assumptions on what they believe. Remember, you ain't black. You ain't black. What did he say that to? Charlemagne the God, you ain't black. Just, um, no, that's not the world. Uh, I don't feel comfortable with that. Do you? That's, uh, that's not. Hey, when is Martin Luther King Day? It's coming up. It's uh, Monday. And. Joe has screwed this up so much that allies in the Democrat Party don't want him even celebrating Martin Luther King Day because he's not made progress on all the promises he's he's made to so many groups. He's lost track. Um, They want nothing to do with the guy. And you should not celebrate Martin. Well, I'm working anyway. All right. One more thing from Joe. Cut 27. The issue is, will we choose? Democracy over autocracy, light over shadows, justice over injustice. I know where I stand. I will not yield. I will not flinch. I will defend the right to vote. Our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic. The yelling is so unpresidential. Wasn't he supposed to be presidential? Very unpresidential, Joe Biden. Doesn't make you feel good. Doesn't feel it's I think they might have been lying to Joe about how bad this voting rights, uh, the voting law in Georgia was. It says that you can't deliver water to people in line if you are, say, uh, from a campaign. You can deliver water to your friend. You can deliver water. Uh, I think the poll workers will actually have water that they'll be able to distribute. But you can't show up from some political action committee and start handing out water. That's uh, that doesn't that's obvious, isn't it? We should know that. One more cut. uh, 30, please. Many in the GOP followed former President Donald Trump's lead as he peddled baseless claims of fraud about the 2020 election. The big lie that Donald Trump perpetrated, that the election that he actually won the election, which has no basis in fact, is insidious. False and unverified claims about voter fraud in the 2020 election. That there is no evidence of widespread voter fraud. There were the many baseless claims of voter fraud stemming from the Oval Office to state capitals. He spent the last two months in office pushing baseless voter fraud claims. Baseless. Says who? These people spend more time uh, on their hair than looking into voter fraud claims or anything that would take them out of New York, Washington, some comfortable studio. Those 63 cases, let's see, every single judge ruled against them, right? Every single judge. Well, that's not true. It's not true for a host of reasons. Most of them were not even ruling on the merits of the arguments. And again, they they lie all the time about Rudy Giuliani and what he was alleging in that court. It wasn't a voter fraud case. They say, therefore, there's no voter fraud. No, he was there for another reason. He was talking about the legality of the votes themselves. It's different, the constitutionality of it. There are two ways to vote in Pennsylvania. Even to this day, there are only two ways to vote in Pennsylvania, according to the Pennsylvania State Constitution, Commonwealth of 
Pennsylvania's Constitution. You can vote in person or you can vote absentee with excuse. If you want to change that, you got to change the entire damn Constitution. And that's complicated and that's hard, okay? Speaking of complicated and hard, eating has become very complicated and hard for me. Exercise has become very complicated and hard for me. I don't know what it is. And I will tell you, some of those lunkheads at the gym, they have kind of bothered me. I should go right back at them, but I didn't. They made comments under their breath. They did not make me feel welcome. They hate the newcomers, those who are trying to turn their lives around instead of welcoming us, instead of encouraging us, instead of giving us a tip or two on how to use the equipment. They shake their heads and complain under their breath, sometimes even not so much under their breath. I don't want to fight. You know, I don't want an argument. Sometimes I do, but not when it's really close to home, if you know what I mean. If the gym is in the building, if the gym is, say, uh, the gym is, you know, you're in a health club that you like to use, you don't want to get into it with anybody. But the I'm going to call some of these guys are roid heads, obviously, and they don't like it that the gym is suddenly crowded. I know it gets that way in January. Encourage us. Don't act like snobs. There's enough of that in America, don't you think? And the gym, by the way, is not that crowded. I used to go to the gym on a ship. You want to see a crowded gym? He had a, a hundred guys squeezed into that thing. We had about a hundred guys working out in a room the size of uh, a half basketball court, and not like a super high ceiling, like a like a basketball uh, indoor basketball, like a low ceiling, like a regular standard office with a bunch of pipes and wires all over the place. That was, and you had to wait in line sometimes to get into the gym. Talk about sacrifice, my goodness gracious, living on top of each other. It was very much like prison. I've never been to prison. I don't want to go. But it really felt like a floating prison at times. Military. I enjoyed military life. I think I heard you tell, I've said it before, best thing I ever did was join the military. But living on a ship, this is no cruise vessel. This is a ship designed for war, and we're not. when we're not at war, we're practicing for it. And it's a great big pain in the neck, practicing for war. Can be fun, can be interesting. I like the work, basically, but the living conditions were horrendous. I did not join the Marine Corps for beautiful living conditions, all right? That's not what it was all about. But sometimes I get flashbacks. Sometimes I actually wake up and I think I'm still on that ship. Oh, I know why I'm thinking about this, because I'm in a new apartment. And it's making weird sounds. There's a rumbling happening two nights in a row. Some pipe every shakes for seven seconds, then it stops for five, then it starts shaking for another seven seconds, and then it stops for five all night long. And it's a faint rumble. I can't tell where it's coming from. At first I thought, could it be the subway? Could it be a jackhammer around the block? What? No, it's coming from inside the building. I really hope they can fix this thing because... um, I usually, I'm so tired I can fall asleep, but then it wakes you up at like 12.30 at night. There it is. Now what do you do? It's so hard to fall back asleep. I'd like to be able to go to the gym. It doesn't open until a certain hour, and I already told you about how I'm being greeted at the gym. I don't like that. Also, 
everybody's turning on each other because of the mask situation. No one no one wants anybody else there because the more people who are there, they have to wear masks, and nobody wants to wear the mask. That's getting tense. I'm kind of over it. What's the situation in Florida? <laughs> I hear it's very laid back there. Hmm. Be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. The Mets are retiring Keith Hernandez's number. What number was Keith Hernandez? I uh, I could not tell you. Let me look it up here. He was number 17. Okay. Congratulations, Keith. I understand Keith shaved his mustache. That was like the most famous thing in the world. Hey, by the way, did you hear that we're going to celebrate Russian New Year on Friday? What the hell is Russian New Year? I have no idea. Russian New Year. What's wrong with January 1st? What's wrong with the American New Year? I don't. I mean, nothing's wrong with Russian New Year, but not, I mean, what is that? Um, hmm. I like Russia. Uh, once we beat them, once uh, once the Soviet Union went away, I really like Russia. I've been to this. I was actually in the Soviet Union. I went to Moscow in 1985. Uh, I went to Leningrad. That's what they called Saint Petersburg back then. Uh, it was very interesting. It was a full-fledged communist country back then. I mean, we're talking KGB. We're talking no food. We're talking, uh, you know, long lines to buy a pair of shoelaces. It was just, it was right out of a movie. Speaking of which, there's a great movie about Russia, which is mostly in New York, called Moscow on the Hudson with Robin Williams. Anybody ever see that? Great movie. He defects. He's a saxophone player. He defects from the Soviet Union, comes to Russia, and it's all about New York and his adventures, and he goes to the grocery store, and he's just overwhelmed by all the coffee. There's like a thousand brands of coffee. He goes nuts. He faints, uh, gets a very nice girlfriend. He hangs out at Bloomingdale's. But the big disappointment, then he has all kinds of disappointments. He's a victim of a crime. He gets mugged. And then he's a professional saxophone player in Russia, and, you know, everybody got paid over there, communism, and he gets here, and guess what? His saxophone playing, as good as it is, isn't really all that great by American standards. So he doesn't have that much success uh, as a musician, and uh, it's kind of a sad movie, but it's also very funny. Robin Williams, how about that Robin Williams, huh? Boy, oh boy, never do something like that. Although I understand he had some sort of really serious disease, could have contributed to all the uh, the issues there. Uh, so I liked Russia. I've actually dated a couple of Russian women uh, here in New York. Why are Russian women exceedingly beautiful? What's going on with that? What is that all about? Why and why can you tell? I can normally, I can usually tell without even talking to them where they're from. Why? What is that? How did that start? Where does that come from? And what is it with them and the damn Chanel pocketbooks? Some of these women, uh, and not just Russians, every in New York, the pocketbook is like the biggest status symbol. And the biggest it says, the bigger it says Chanel or Louis Vuitton or something or other, I will tell you this, not one guy gives a damn about the quality of your pocketbook. We care about the quality of 
other things, okay? We just don't care about your pocketbook. We really don't even care about your shoes. Uh, but some women, they just lose their minds over this crap. I'm sorry, but some of them even lose their souls. And guys, too. You can Anybody can go overboard when it comes to material goods. Many years ago, I was in college, actually, and I saw a copy of GQ magazine from 20 years prior. It was 1975, and it was a picture of this guy in his apartment. It says it was something – what was it for? It was like for Memorex or like the modern man knows Memorex. And he's sitting there in his apartment, which in 1975 was probably the ultimate – Everything's white. Everything's lacquer. Everything's also very cheesy. He's got this silly martini glass in his hand. He's wearing the wide lapels. And he's got this ludicrously primitive audio equipment, the reel-to-reel machines and all this nonsense. And back then, in that moment, wow. And I used to have that. I used to really want stuff. When I was in eighth grade, I really wanted a special turntable from techniques that was the that was the big brand to have that's all i thought about i wanted that turntable i wanted to be like that guy in the magazine and all this stuff is junk look around your house can you find anything that's older than 10 years anything that's older than 10 years in your house very 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 few things these things just they just flow through us they're just not so not important you got to have stuff to get by i think basically i'm a minimalist you know there's that big push uh, to get rid of stuff, only keep what brings you joy. There's that Marie Kondo person. We all we're all hoarders here as Americans, and uh, we're all afraid that we're going to I don't know our money's going to be cut off or something. We're frontier people. There's part of us like that. They're frontier people. Those who actually voluntarily came to America. You know, our ancestors, there was something gutsy about them, something, okay, roll the dice, but they also know that everything can be lost. The ship could sink. You know, who knows? Bad stuff can happen. You've got to be ready. Am I making sense? Uh, let's see here. Uh, 20 minutes later, Carol wants to tell me that Keith Hernandez's number was 17. Thank you. Hi, Carol. Oh, well, I'm not that late. I, I, well, I, to- yeah. I told everybody myself. I figured it out in eight seconds. Oh, okay. All right. You didn't hear well, that part of the it. show? Well, I had to use the restroom, so maybe that's why I didn't hear it. All right. Uh, Never mind. Um, anyway, my father was a huge Mets fan, and I was a Yankees fan. Oh. So we, yeah. I became a Yankees fan from a very young age because... I used to watch them on PIX when they were on PIX. All right. Isn't that funny? But Not I used really. To to, I used to go to both games. I don't believe it, Carol. My father used to take me to see the Mets that's and beautiful. the Yankees. I can't believe it. That's such a great yeah. dad. No, that's very nice, actually. He sure was. He that's, sure was. That's wonderful. You know, it's one thing. My dad had a great father, mm-hmm. but I think he wrote it in his book. My dad's father, my grandfather, was uh, a very mild-mannered, orderly guy, mm. and they were baseball fans. He never took my dad to a baseball game, and they mm. were big baseball fans, and they lived like 10 blocks from where the Giants played. And as an adult, he'd scratch his head about that. Why didn't we ever go to a baseball game? I tell you what, my dad really made up for that. We've gone to Mets games, Yankees games. We went to, we went to, we, we, we've seen right. other cities. It's uh, I remember seeing Dave Kingman play. 
Those are beautiful, priceless memories, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah. I actually met a uh, United States senator at the Giants – no, not the Giants game, at the Army-Navy game. Get this. A guy comes up to me. He is a no-kidding United States senator. His name is Dan Sullivan. Guy's amazing. He's uh, He was in the Marines. He went to Harvard. And now he's a United States senator from Alaska. Very accomplished. He's been in war. He was in Iraq. Yeah, he worked at the Navy. Bush White House. Yeah. He's done all this cool stuff. And he said, you know, I used to come to this game, the Army-Navy game with my dad. <laughs> and he said, to see you here with your dad, that's a very beautiful thing. And he brought somebody, a friend yeah. of his, because his dad died not too long ago, named C. Boyden Gray, who was a lawyer to George W. Bush. Anyway, he's a great guy, a real statesman, this uh, Dan mm-hmm. Sullivan. And, Carol, I'll just tease him. I'm glad you had those nice memories. Very good. Anything else you want to say about Keith Hernandez? By the way, I heard this guy was a real player off the field, if you know what I mean. Yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. Even on Seinfeld. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they loved him on that show. Okay, Carol, thank you very much. What's the deal? I'll be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Seriously, who talks like that on television? It's 8 in the morning. And Joe and Mika are just shooting the breeze. It's not a four-hour afternoon talk show. It's morning TV. News, sports, and weather. They hit you in the face with it. Unless you're Joe Scarborough and you're rich and you don't think you have to jump for anybody. And his new wife, Mika, uh, you think you're so in. I guess you are in if the name of the show is Morning Joe and you're Mrs. Joe. I guess you can get away with crap like this at 8 o'clock in the morning when people are rushing out the door. Cut 35. That might be good since I hadn't actually been to the south of France until you took me there. We went there, and you know what she said? She goes, I don't really like it. No, I just said it reminded me. She she said she'd rather be in Maine, right out of, like, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, we'll sell the van so we can record an album. So she, I had to sell my house to take her over there. She goes, Yeah, I, I like Maine better. <laughs> Reverend Al Sharpton is still I'm with us. I'm from Mississippi. You know, I don't understand these things. I'm, Thank you, I'm Rash. with an uptown girl you here. Too. I'm out of my league. Why do I do? She's I tried. Try. I tried. Which one of us drives a truck? Um, eight in the morning. Is this a trick it's question? not you. Okay, join in the discussion. Here. I got me an old it's, grand wagon. Yeah. Keeps interrupting her. My mom drove one. Yeah. And it was, uh, I told now her that I was in high school. I love that. Drove her right That's into cool. a tree. And she good was job, really Willie. mad. No, there was a group in the car. Oh, a group in the car. my future God, wife, Willie? Christina. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Christina. See, they yeah. only yeah. talk to their friends. And when they came out with the new wagon, <laughs> there people, car guys, God bless them. I don't get it. I want an old Grand Wagoneer. Right. Well, it's the repair shop. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Joining the discussion here at the I top of the hour. That, <laughs> top of the hour. Top of the hour. That went on. It's no longer the top of the hour. That went on for five full minutes. All the Trump bashing, all the protecting of Biden, as it looks like Vladimir Putin. He's sizing up Joe Biden as the weakling that he is. And we are going to lose overseas because of this and because of all the media who protected him, who demonized Trump so overboard. If you listen to the fake news, you know, there are reasonable people out there who, you know, just they're too busy working and they kind of take their word for it. The media. Well, Trump must be pretty bad. I mean, you hear it all the time. Uh, Yeah, right. I mean, he's got to be bad. 
So, yeah, I guess we have to stop him. Uh, even some people in government. Okay, this is really, really bad. I guess we, yeah, yeah he's going to blow everything up if we don't stop him. So we'll just kind of screw with this election uh, just just a little bit. Hmm? And if he, if he protests, we'll accuse him of lying. That's baseless. Cut 31. 60 cases did examine the evidence and not one found any merit in any of Trump's claims. You, you know that the Trump campaign litigated all of this more than 60 cases and they lost. Maybe that's why none of the 63 uh, uh, federal courts that heard these cases said there was any widespread voter fraud. More than 60 cases that went before different courts, many with conservative judges. And we it became abundantly clear we just didn't win. Yeah, no, that's wrong. That is a talking point. You see, they're all basically saying the same thing. That's not an accident. They say the same thing because they're reading from the same page, literally the same page. But they're looking at it the wrong way. Let's see here. Following President Joe Biden swearing in a January 20th, on January 20th, a Facebook post shared with over 6,000 times said, Not one court has looked at the evidence and said that Biden legally won. Not one. Hmm. 2022 election never saw its day in court. Almost all cases were litigated on technicalities or never heard at all. Dismissing a lawsuit before it is officially litigated should not count towards a vindication of the results of the 2020 election. Nobody was found innocent. You can't find anybody anything. Uh, You can't find anybody anything if you refuse to really look. And that's what these people did. I'm reading here for some notes. Uh, And now these are a form of talking points, but you don't hear these as much because they're from the other side. A judge dismissed a lawsuit Wednesday by Donald Trump supporters who sought to inspect absentee ballots from last year's presidential election, a decision that came a day after Georgia investigators told the court they were unable to find any counterfeit ballots. To go a little bit deeper in the story, the judge's decision was based on the legal principle of standing. The plaintiffs had not suffered a specific injury that would give them a right to sue. He reviewed the evidence before making his ruling. Hmm. If you're that confident in the election, these unheard hearings should be understood as a missed opportunity to restore confidence in the vote. But perhaps you hope people never have confidence in their vote again, because these disillusioned Trump folks might sit out just like they did in Georgia in the Senate runoffs. Handing the majority to Schumer. We don't like that. We don't like that. Donald Trump said today, we've got to look into this. We can't let January 6th. Ooh, that's what they want. Any specter of January 6th is supposed to scare you and silence you. Talking about the November 20 election fairness, that's going to lead to another January 6th. That's why I am so suspicious of Democrats, of Nancy Pelosi in their hand, and possibly even, yes, engineering January 6th. Why did those cops walk away from Ashley Babbitt? Why did those cops let people inside the Capitol? Why did those cops escort the horns guy right into the Senate chamber? Guilt by association. False flag. First, you frame somebody for a crime. 
And then you accuse them of committing that crime. You got to see Tucker Carlson's uh, false flag documentary. It is awesome. If you haven't, it's on Fox Nation. I know it's a competing network and all that stuff. I can't help it. Their content is so good, at least this one documentary, at least. You got to check it out. Even though Fox was still upset because they totally threw the narrative. When they came out, why did they come out and say that Arizona was won by Biden before it was won by Biden? May never have been won by Biden, by the way. Never. So, into this stew, what do you say? White supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. Try to you're going to try to you're going to try to in, intimidate me by saying white supremacy because I'm a white person. You know, you say that a lot of white people are going to shut the hell up and keep their head down. But since I know I'm not a white supremacist, since I know I'm not a racist, quite frankly, when I get called that a thousand times a day on social media, it's actually it actually makes me amused, laugh. It used to make me sad. Now it's just and Joe Biden's been calling half the country that cut 40. According to the intelligence community, terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. I obviously am very concerned about the rise of extremism and extremism related to white supremacy. The FBI has warned repeatedly that domestic terrorism fueled by white supremacy is the number one threat to the United States right now. White supremacy is, is the biggest bucket of concern when it comes to uh, domestic terrorism. How dare they lie about our country like that? Where is this white supremacy? Where has it happened? Where have you seen it? Every every day for a year, Black Lives Matter this, Antifa that. White supremacy. Where is it? Well, you'll say Charlottesville. Charlottesville is actually a bit complex. But yes, there were neo-Nazis and white supremacists there, and uh, we don't like them. But uh, it's not open and shut. A lot of variables there. You could be a good person and be totally against any preservation or celebration of Confederate war memorials. All right? You can be totally against that. I can totally not have a problem with you. I totally respect that point of view. You say it's, you know, I may disagree. I do disagree. I think our heritage has to be preserved. Our history, we can't whitewash it. We have to. Now you got the others who want to violently take down that statue or violently oppose anybody who they disagree with. That's wrong on both sides. They horribly and unfairly mischaracterized what President Trump said. And they did it on purpose, as you guys know. Right, Jamie? Hello? Oh, wait a second. Uh, hold on. No, Jamie, go. Well, i got to put you back on hold. Louie in Coney Island. Hello. Hey, Greg, how are you? I don't want to talk about politics or Greg or anything. I just wanted to bring something up. Jill Hodges of the New York Mets was inducted into the Hall of Fame about a month ago. Yeah. And we didn't hear. To, do you remember him? I know the Gil Hodges bridge and I know his I met his wife once, but I don't know much about him. No. He, well, he was I a Dodger. Wondered. He was a Dodger and he went to Los Angeles, right? Well, what you're, you're well, he 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 did. He did not. know. I don't believe he did. But. When when he was with the Dodgers, he was a catcher, 
and Roy Campanella was a catcher, and that's why he went to first base. And I played baseball with Gilly Jr. in Midwood High School for three years, and he gave me his dad's first base, uh, his dad's catcher's mitt, and I treasure that more than anything in my life. It's, it was it was a great honor playing with him and knowing Gil Hodges. That's awesome. And, uh, Who's catcher's mitt? Who's catcher's mitt do you have? Gil Hodges. It was he was originally a catcher when he uh, when he broke into the Dodgers, but there was a guy by the name of Roy Campanella who was one of the greatest catchers around, who was injured very seriously in a traffic accident. Yikes! But um, Gilly, Gil Hodges had to go to first base, and he came down to a couple of our workouts at Midwood High School and gave me some hitting instruction. And that instruction caused us to win the Brooklyn Championship in 1968, which was one of the greatest years of my life. It was great. The good old days. Yeah. Uh, You got got it. All right. Thank you, Louie. What do you do now? Now I'm jumping in the water in Coney Island, and I babysit. Oh, that's you? You're the cop, right? Yeah. Oh, you sound different. Yes, sir. Yeah. (laughs) 32 years here, retired. All right. Are you in the wind or something? You just sounded like you aged about 20 years on me all of a sudden. Uh, you don't usually oh, sound like this. On. You sound oh, a little different. No. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it is a little windy. Out here. All right. That's it. That's it. You're, 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 the weather is working. All right. No, Louie, I know you. I didn't know about that Gil Hodges stuff. That's pretty cool. All right. Oh, Thanks, oh, pal. Great. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh Phew, I, that's, uh, all right, now now it makes sense. It was windy out, that's why he sounded like that. But good story, be right back. This is Greg Kelly on 77 WABC. Oh, wait a second, this is cool. I've always wondered about Calabasas, California. It's, uh, I think it's where the Kardashians live. And Dave is calling from Calabasas, which is, uh, what the hell is that exactly? Is it in L.A., next to L.A.? What is Calabasas? It's just outside of L.A. It's like the next exit after L.A. city limits. And you have Justin Bieber, Kanye, the Kardashians. They all live there. So it's, well, and so do you. At least it's, are you, that's what they told me. You're calling from Calabasas. Yes. Are you just driving through? Do you live there? What's up? I'm, I'm in the next city over. But I'm in Calabasas now. Oh, at the moment, presently. So what? Uh, so I used, you know, I used to live in L.A., Venice. But after Black Lives Matter, it was time to move out. And Greg, you are on fire. You definitely go where nowhere else goes. I call you Mr. Third Rail. You walk on the third rail, bro. So I love you for it. Now let me say, as a white male, I'm very offended with all this talk of white supremacy. Every day I turn on the news. And it's not about white supremacy. It's about black-on-black crime skyrocketing, the true danger, smashing grabs. I never see anything on the news of the wanted posters of the white supremacists. It's nonsense. Replace the word white supremacist with black-on-black crime. That's what the mayors are complaining about. That's what needs to be addressed. I'm sick and tired of these talk shows. You know, who are these people? They don't know nothing. And then they claim that, oh, there's no fraud. Trump's lying. Well, you know what? 
Trump said that his phones were being tapped and he was being spied on early on. And they said, oh, he's crazy. He's not fit for office. He's mentally ill. Only to be found out that he was being spied on, just as he said. So now their big push is, oh, there's no voter fraud. There's no voter fraud. He's crazy. Well, guess what? There's an investigation in Georgia right now for ballot harvesting where whistleblowers said he was paid $10 a ballot and he turned in 5,000 ballots and he wasn't the only one. And it happened all across the country. Who who are these people that don't believe there was voter fraud when you There was a blizzard of ballots, like a New York City blizzard all across America to be scooped up and ballot harvest. Thank you, Greg. And to the great people at WABC, you've got more talent than there are hours in the day. Wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second. David, you sound like you could be a great talk show host. What do you do? What's your story? Well, I'm an unknown person in New York City, but I'm a well-known political activist in L.A., that is considered to be a prophet, and I'm basically known by everybody. I ran for mayor. I ran for mayor of L.A. I got 3% of the vote, just well, like Eric Adams. What's your, <laughs> what's your uh, can you tell us your last name? Well, my nickname is Zumadog, Z-U-M-A-D-O-G-G. Z-U-M-A, because you, you, you don't sound white to me, to be honest. No offense, but I figured you were, uh, I, 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 tell me, how do you spell it again? What? Z-U-M-A, like Zuma Beach. Yeah. D-O-D-G, like Snoop Dogg. D-O- I'm Zuma Dogg. Uh, and what happened was the city of L.A. Is your name uh, Salzburg? Yes. Yeah, that's you. All right, let me see what you look like here. Wow, uh, bro, you're a great researcher. Yeah, I got it right here. Yeah, oh, look at you. You're a madman in a good way. I mean, you're wearing glasses. You got the hat on. You're showing up places. You're yelling your head off. I like it. You're an act- yes, yes. You're an activist in the community. I woke up more people than ever, and I exposed more fraud, waste, and abuse than anyone ever, believe it or not. Now, I'm a character. by the way, you look like you could be biracial. No, not at all. Um, where are you from originally? You said New York, and then you let to L.A. What's your, uh, what's your, uh, who are your ancestors? I grew up in Cleveland, and um, I actually worked in New York City at Z100 for, for a year. And I'm the former Billboard Hot 100 chart director. Oh. I moved. I moved to L.A. to do radio. But what happened briefly? The city of L.A. violated my First Amendment rights, and I sued them in federal court, and I won. What they do? What they do to you? How? Why did they? How did uh, they violate well, your rights? As a performer on Venice Beach, they told me I couldn't use amplification on the boardwalk, which, as you know, there's the right for press and photography. Then when I went to complain about it in the city hall chambers, they censored me, turned off my mic, kicked me out. They banned me for 30 days at a time. So I won that, too, when the federal judge said that they illegally censored. So now it applies to the You're good. I got a parking Greg. ticket. You got a, I got a parking ticket that I'm trying to fight that I can't. I'm. I'm. They're gonna. They're gonna win. <laughs> you. You show up at these hearings. I mean, it's amazing. I admire your spirit. I admire. You got a website or anything like that, uh, Dave Zuma Dog? Yeah, if you go to zumadog.com, Z-U-M-A-D-O-G-G, it'll take you to my YouTube page, which is what it's all about. All right, thanks, Dave, very much. Uh, uh, keep checking in. Thank you. How about that? We met somebody new, Zuma Dog. It's uh, he's a real thing out there and uh, uh, raising hell. But we need that. We need that. All right, Peter in Basking Ridge. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. You keep on moving the goalposts. It's hard to keep up. 
say Joe Biden uh, was saying that he's tired of being quiet. Was he quiet during the press conferences when he was walking off while the press was trying to ask him questions? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. What else is going on, buddy? Well, you say you can't get any sleep. You, you, uh, you're on a bird farm, right? Weren't you a pilot? Uh, uh, yes, I was. So you were on a carrier? Yeah. You wouldn't catch me dead on the carrier. I was on a guy to missile cruiser. Uh, the food was, <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's face it. It was tough. It's uh, tough living on a ship. It's really, really a tough thing. I don't know why it's on my mind lately, but it is going to sea for a long time. And then, you know what I see? I see, I see these cruise ships and I imagine my God, I've never been on a cruise ship to, to go on a, on a vessel that's dedicated to pleasure has a roller coaster on the top. Some of these damn things have roller coasters on the top. And they've got uh, bikini nights, and they've got you know, the sushi parties. I just, I got to go on one of these real cruises. Can we do that yet? Even with COVID, is it allowed? I hope so. It's really time. Well, I got a friend who does it all do. the time. Thank you. I will, Peter. No, I would love to do it. What do you do? Carnival? Do you do Norwegian? What do I do? How do I do that? And where do they go? Do you get ants in your pants? Do you get claustrophobic? That's what I worry about. But I see these beautiful big ships go by. And I think about that gray, drab warship I had to spend six months on, almost straight. Barely got to get off the damn thing, except when I flew. Every now and then I'm like, maybe I should just keep going. <laughs> maybe I should. No, of course not. But, uh, well, no, no, no. But, yeah. Ever go on a cruise, Ken, from Port St. Lucie, Florida? My my man, GK, how you doing, uh, Greg? Yo, Congratulations on the birth of your daughter, which is probably one of the most important things in life is is give it, having life. Uh, here's here's what I'm up against. My girlfriend told me to, to be cool and calm. I was throwing stuff at the TV last night. We cannot find out who Ray Epps is. You got to be kidding me. If I robbed a Wawa, there's people who know me, my friends, my neighbors I grew up with. I challenge you, Greg, to find out who the hell is this Ray Epps. Well, I know who he is. He uh, has a job at a country club in uh, Tucson, Arizona, outside. It's We know who he is. We know where he is. It's just we don't know what he's done, and we don't know the affiliation between him and the FBI, if any. So we know who he is. We even know where he is. We don't know why the FBI took him off their most wanted list. That's the stuff. I mean, it, it, Ray Epps we know. But what did he do for the FBI? When did he do it? What's that all about? We don't know that. And the FBI yesterday was very, very cagey. But, Ken, thanks for reminding me. There will be more on that tonight on the Newsmax show. Yes, Ray Epps, that is a big story. Pete, John, thank you. Rachel, Wendy, thank you. We'll talk hopefully tomorrow. See you tonight on Newsmax at 7 o'clock.